It was a total failure. I suck. I'm a failure. I'm clearly not cut out for this. I feel like I'm failing. If you've been telling yourself any of these, my love, then listen up. This episode is going to be the very tonic that you need. I'm getting super real about the topic of failure today, about why it's necessary, but also how slapping a big fat failure label on things, including yourself maybe, isn't serving you. It isn't what your business needs. It isn't what you need. We're digging into the importance of failing today, the problem with the failure label and the truth that everyone is failing all the time, but just not talking about it and how you can embrace failure to succeed faster. It's time to look failure square in the face. So let's do it together. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, limitless mothers. It's me, Cory Javid from CoryJavid.com. How the devil are you? Are you having a great week so far? It's raining where I am, so what better thing to do with my time than be cozied up in the old blanket fort? So, Have you been having a marvellous weekend though? I had just the best weekend. It was a really, it was kind of a busy-ish weekend, but also a slow weekend. It was like lots of friends catching up, doing great things, kids running around and having a great time. But also I had two lions. I mean, that's just bliss as a mother, isn't it? (laughs) And three, count them, three baths over the weekend. So hey, not doing too badly over here. And confession, because I like to keep things super real. (laughs) I still haven't finished unpacking from our holiday. And yes, we've been back for a week now. Hey, I'm not ashamed of it. (laughs) It's what it is. I'd rather be having three baths and be out and about with my daughter. Anyway, I had a download in the car just yesterday when I was driving. I had to get my daughter to put on my voice recording app so I could quickly just uh, get it all out, what was coming to me. I've got the best idea for one of my templates, so I can't wait to get cracking with that. So I'm probably going to be working on that this afternoon. I'll keep you posted on why that's so exciting for me at least, but I think it's going to be exciting for you. And actually, while we're on the topic, don't forget about the template shop, the Limitless Mother template shop that you can find at corriejavid.com forward slash templates. It is there because I literally am desperate to save you the time that it takes to faff around learning some of the things that I've already learned and tested and refined for you so you don't have to learn them. I want to save you that time. Do you know why? If I'm honest, I want to save you that time so that you have more time to enjoy yourself and more time for mindset work because I know that that will be the thing that pays you dividends. (laughs) So if you haven't been over there for a while, go over corriejavid.com forward slash shop and 
have a look at the templates that are there. And while you're there, if you're thinking, oh, do you know what? I really wish Corey had a template for this particular thing. Do you know? I probably already do. We probably just haven't released it into the shop. And if that's the case, send an email to team at corriejavid.com. Let us know your suggestions. We will likely already have it. We'll just move it up the queue in terms of our release plan. Um, and if we don't have it, then that'll be very interesting and maybe I'll make it for you. Okay, so today I want to talk about failure. Ooh, we talk about success a ton on this show. That's never going to change. You're always going to hear me talking about the success. But we don't talk about failure enough. And by we, I mean people online don't talk about failure enough. And you know me, I love celebrating success, but I also like to keep it real. And I want to talk about failure because it gets swept under the carpet. And here's the thing. There are always failures along the way, on the way to the success. It's just how it is, okay? And so by pretending they're not there, people online who are like, hey, everything was just perfect and I hit this goal first time, uh, you know, sometimes, yes, that happens, but often you're not getting the true picture of, well, here's what didn't work. Here's what I had to think about. Here's what I had to try again. Here's what I was really surprised by. I thought that was going to work. Didn't work at all. Had to go back to the drawing board. There's all of those things that happen along the way that can feel like failures. And if you haven't been hearing people talking about them, then if they happen to you, you can feel like something's wrong with you. And so I do not want that to be the case. And There are a number of reasons why failure to me is necessary. So we're going to talk about that today. So if you've been feeling like you're failing lately, maybe in general, maybe you feel like you're failing to show up for your business in the way that you want to, or you're not getting to the things that you feel you should be, and that kind of feels like failure to you. Or if you haven't nailed your sense of balance, and that feels like you're failing, or you launched a course and not many people signed up or no one signed up and that felt like a failure or your email list growth is stagnant or your Instagram posts aren't getting many likes or only one person showed up for your live stream or you've had a number of sales call but nobody said yes to you yet or you just feel like you've been plugging along for so long and not getting the results you want. Any of those things can feel like failure. And if any of them are resonating with you and you have this kind of niggling feeling that you're failing at something, this episode is dedicated to you because it kind of isn't, isn't true. And that's what I want to talk about. So before we actually dig into why failure is necessary, why failure is so emotive to us and how to embrace failure for faster success, we need to have a very quick chat about the kind of paradox that's happening here. Because it's mainly a semantics and language thing, but I just want us to clear it up. To me, the owner, although I've said that failure is necessary, we're going to use the word failure throughout this show to mean things not going perfectly, not going to plan, not going the way that you would like them, not hitting the goal that you set for yourself. All of those things, any hiccups, any surprising results, any quote unquote catastrophic failures, anything like that, We'll label that in this show for ease as a failure. But I want to be really clear on, and those things are the things that I think are necessary, okay? But I want to be really clear on something, and that is that to me, the only true failure is quitting on something 
that is important to you. Quitting on your dream, giving up hope, deciding not to believe that you're limitless. That's only the kind of true failure, just packing it all in and resigning yourself to, I don't know, the status quo, which isn't lighting you up, for example. Okay. So giving up on your dreams to me is the only true failure. So although I'm going to be using the word failure throughout the show, just because it's an easy word that we all kind of know what we're talking about. Really, I don't think any of the instances we're going to be talking about are true failures. Okay, so we've cleared that up. Okay, let's start with why failure is necessary. It is necessary. It's 100% necessary. So we really want you to take that on board. All those things, that list that I gave you just a moment ago and said, you know, was it your launch didn't go so well or your email list or your Instagram story, blah, 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 blah. All those things feel like they're not working. All those things that you're labeling as failure, they're all necessary. Huh. That can be kind of annoying. So you're like, well, I don't want them to be happening. I want everything to be working perfectly. I don't want to hear that this is necessary. Here's the thing. Without those things, you can't learn. So if you, let's keep a course launch for a minute, just because it's quite an easy thing. If you don't have a course launch, you can apply this to anything else. But it's a it's a good example. Lots of us, I know, um, either have courses or um, would like to have a course one day. I'll just use it as an easy example for a moment. But if you launch a course and the first time you launch it, everything goes perfectly, <laughs> you'd have nothing to learn, probably, and actually be kind of boring. Might be a nice surprise financially. You'd probably find that you didn't feel that excited to show up for the next time because there was no lesson to learn. So without failure, there's nothing to learn. Now, Without any failure, without anything going wrong, you're probably not actually trying. If you aren't experiencing any little hiccups, any little bumps in the road, anything that's surprising, anything that's telling you that there's more here to the situation than you'd previously thought, then you are not probably learning. And so this is the thing. If you're not failing at something, you probably are not on the path to success. And again, by failing, I don't mean it has to be awful or hard. It just means that things aren't going 100% perfectly and smoothly and as you would like hope and expect. Does that make sense? Okay. But if you aren't experiencing that kind of quote-unquote failure, then you're not on the path to success because probably you're just stuck in your comfort zone, just saying, right? So for example, let's stick with this idea of a course launch. If you haven't launched a course, then you don't have the possibility of failing at it, right? And if you're not failing at it, you're not on the path to a successful course launch. (laughs) They are the same path. I heard this um, said, by, I think it was Catherine Zenkina a while ago. And she was like, we so often mistake the idea of failure as being on the wrong path. But she said success and failure are part of the same path. If you're not experiencing one, then you won't experience the other. And so if you are having no failures, nothing that's giving you that reason to kind of pause, scratch your head a bit, examine what's going on, see what you can learn and try again, then you're probably not on the path to success. Does that make sense? So if you're not getting out of your comfort zone and because you're afraid of failure, then you are not really truly on the path to success. Right. So here's the thing that uh, I am really grateful for. 
You may not know this about me, but when I was in my early 20s, I decided I was going to be an actress. Oh, yes. Um, And I enrolled myself in acting lessons and workshops, and I started going to auditions. And I'm going to be honest with you, it was pretty scary and nerve-wracking putting yourself out there going to auditions. I would travel up to London on my own. I would walk into a room full of people sitting there literally judging me because that was their job. I would have to try to perform in front of them. I would get turned down, rejected, told no again and again and again. And I had to keep doing it. Keep A, putting myself out of my comfort zone and B, keep failing. And I sucked, if I'm honest, when I look back. I was not a natural, and I, but I was willing to try to learn. And I put I'm trying to think how long that period of time was that I was really going for it. It's probably at least a year, maybe two years that I was like, this is the thing that I want to do. And I was putting everything into it. And I'm really grateful for that time because it taught me about rejection and that it's just part of that path and you pick yourself up, dust yourself off. I'll try not to break into song there and continue But also with every failure, every no that I heard to a audition, it was an opportunity to think, well, what could I have done differently? What could I do differently next time? And actually, there was no particular success outcome because in the end, I decided that I didn't want to be an actress anymore. I'm not going to go into the whole story about why I became disillusioned with the industry. But um, that's okay because I still learned from the whole process. And I apply that same thing to my business now. I don't let the quote rejections, the things that aren't a yes. So for example, in my early days, I tried to remind myself, uh, in my early days of my business, I tried to remind myself of that time when I was up there doing auditions all the time, just having a go, hoping that this one will be the right one, and if not, trusting that the next one would be. I reminded myself of that when I was learning to convert like a pro on discovery calls. And of course, I had some no's and some like not sure's and some not now's on my first discovery calls and first sales calls. But I kept showing up. And yes, it was outside of my comfort zone at that time. And yes, I could have decided to label all of those calls that didn't result in a paying client as a failure. But because I didn't, because I didn't beat myself up, because I decided to see it as a learning opportunity, I was on the path to success. And because I stuck with that particular thing, not like with the acting, (laughs) then of course I achieved success. Now I feel totally comfortable on all of my sales calls, of course, and I convert like a mother, (laughs) just saying. And so that would not be true though if I had decided early on I'm a failure or I'm failing at this and that means that I will never be good. So this kind of relates back to the episode that I did really recently on don't sweating don't sweat the numbers. What happens when we feel like we are failing is we are giving too much importance and significance to the circumstances when in fact um, there's just an, a learning opportunity there. We're making it mean something about us and we're projecting it into the future. So 
in this instance of discovery calls, I could have made those no's, those not sure's answers, the people that didn't sign up, I could have taken that as evidence that I would never be good at sales calls, that no one was ever going to want to work with me, that actually I wasn't cut out to be a coach. And how many times have have you maybe done that to yourself with something that's going on in your business that you feel like you are failing at? How often are you taking it too personally, taking it to mean that this will never work for you, taking it to mean something about you that it doesn't have to mean? When in fact, if you can stop sweating it, stop seeing it so much as a failure and see it as, yes, this is the path to my success. Only by hearing no's do I learn how to hear yeses. Only by failing at launches do I learn how to succeed. Only by sucking on live streams do I learn how to become comfortable and enthusiastic on it. You know, insert here whatever is the thing that you're working on or the thing that you feel like you're failing at. Only by feeling like I'm failing at having my balance nailed in my life? Do I have the opportunity to learn how to find that sweet spot for me? Is this making sense? This is why failure is necessary. Failure is giving you data. Failure is giving you feedback that if you can separate your emotions and stop taking it so personally for a moment, there's massive lessons there that are the keys to your success. That is why failure is necessary. In every failure, there's an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to learn something about your business and do it better next time. And there's an opportunity to grow personally, to do that inner work, that mindset work. And the more we do that, guess what? The more resilient we are, the better we show up for our business and the easier things become. And the other thing is that as we're largely mothers here together, I would argue that something we as mothers are really keen on is helping our children to not feel afraid of failure, right? So we say, it's okay that you fell off in the second monkey bar, get back up there, try again. And that's just part of learning. And so we should be modeling this to our children. That's why I tell my daughter when things aren't going well in my business, as well as when things are. And I tell her, I'm thinking about this right now because it didn't go as I kind of hoped it would. So there's something for me to learn. And then I'll say to her, I learned this. I've tried this. That didn't work either. So I'm going to try this other thing now. And half the time, she's not really sure exactly what I'm talking about. But the point is I'm sharing with her that I fail at things and I don't make it mean more than it needs to. I don't make it mean something inherently about me. I know that I am still limitless and I know that I keep to, I get to keep showing up, trying again and trusting that my success is going to happen, right? So even if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I get why failure is necessary. It's the same path as the path to success and I get to learn from it, but I still feel uncomfortable with putting myself out there and with potentially failing. If not for you and if not for your business, then at least for your kids, use that your motivation. Because when you can model that to them, then that's really the best way for them to learn, right? Rather than us always just telling them, do it like this. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. When they see you doing it, that's so much more powerful. 
But let's talk for a minute why fear, why failure is so emotive to us. First of all, I think because people aren't talking about it enough. So it hasn't been normalized. If you scroll through Instagram, you're not finding 10 posts in the last hour. People say, hey, here's what went wrong when I set up my first sales page. Hey, here's what went wrong just last week when I was trying to launch this new product. Uh, People will talk about sometimes things that were failures or things that they learned from way back in their past, but they don't talk about it as a more kind of everyday, run-of-the-mill kind of thing. And so because of that, it makes us feel like we're the only ones doing it. And that's what I really want to bring to you on today's show. And I may even do a follow-up episode to this where I share some of my own failures to you and I will start sharing more of them for you. Although I'm already quite upfront with you, I'll tell you like this didn't work, this didn't work, here's how we got it working. But I'm going to be sharing with you more. Yes, continuing always the successes because, you know, success, we want that to be normal too. And they're part of the same path. So I will be telling you like, hey, here's what didn't go as expected. But I'm thinking of doing a podcast episode where I give you, I don't know, like my top five things that were quote unquote failures recently and sharing them with you just because you might find that interesting to see. And like I said, I want to normalize this. I want it to be just part of business. It's not supposed to go 100% smoothly and perfectly from the get-go. And if you think it's going like that for anybody, you're mistaken, okay? So let's start normalizing this. And because when we normalizing it, normalize it, we feel less on our own in our failures and we feel less of a failure as a result. Does that make sense? So part of the reason why it becomes such a big and emotive thing is because we feel like, oh, this is only happening to me, therefore this means something about me. This means I'm not inherently built to be successful or some nonsense like that and I want to stop you and save you from that thinking. The other reason why failure is so emotive to us is because we aren't typically brought up to embrace it. Now maybe your parents are pretty good at telling you to try again at something and to keep trying and actually it's showing up and putting in effort that is important but so much of our childhood and teenage years and even early adulthood is built on academic success and receiving rewards for top marks for the ultimate outcomes how often are we rewarded for the failures the times that we slipped up but really learned from it in our education system pretty much never right so that's another reason why failure is so emotive to us so for example for me I went to a grammar school if you're not in the UK you don't know what that is it's a school that you have to take an entrance exam to get into and only the top, I don't know, I think like 16% of people pass it and get into the school. Um, And it was a really hyper academically competitive environment and everything was about the academic results. The culture at that particular school was, I mean, I could talk about this for episodes. If you've seen the film Mean Girls, you'll have a bit of an idea what my teenage years were like, but the school itself had a really toxic um, culture to it. Very competitive, only focused on purely the academic achievement. If you weren't getting A stars, as they were called back then, or A plus, then you were failing, and that was not acceptable. 
So that was really ingrained in my psyche and something that I've had to do a lot of work to uproot to start embracing failure again. And luckily, that stint in acting um, helped me to kind of kickstart that. But it's been something I've had to consciously work at because I became, in many ways, in anything that felt academic, and that's why I kind of felt more okay with it in the acting, but anything that felt sort of academic or an extension of it, I felt paralyzed by the fear of failure. And I would stop myself from doing things if I wasn't certain that I was going to succeed at it easily and the first time. And that's really awful because that's not how we learn. That's not how we have really great enriching experiences. And I held myself back from doing a number of things in my 20s because of that. And hey, no regrets, trust the path and all, but um, you know, in hindsight, that didn't serve me and I don't want that for my children. So it's something that we should be thinking about is talking about failing more and embracing it. And this is why it's so emotive to us though, because I bet you've had, you know, similar experiences in your own way where you've realized that people aren't talking about it around you and maybe you had that similar experience in the educational space too. And so the other reason why failure is so emotive to us is because we aren't being kind enough to ourselves. And you hear me talking about this a lot, trusting yourself and being kind to yourself, because I believe that if you just did those two things, oh my days, your life and business would be so much easier, my love. Trust me, this is something I've worked on myself and just everything feels easier when you are kind to yourself because it's us beating ourselves up that makes the thing that we've marked as failure feel so awful. That's really all that it is. Otherwise, if you take away that feeling, if you take away that feeling of I've failed, I'm crap, I can't do this, I'm not cut out for it, if you remove that for a moment, all you're left with is data, is feedback, our circumstances. And so that's really interesting when we look at that because really the only thing stopping us from failing or preventing us from putting ourselves out there and seeing failure as part of success and necessary is the expectation that we'll beat ourselves up if things go wrong or don't go perfectly. Guess what? You get to choose not to do that. You get to choose to be your own best friend and that's what I would love for you. And so when you're not kind to yourself, you're preventing yourself from doing the things that next time that your business needs you to do because you'll be even more paralyzed the next time. So if something happens now, let's keep with this idea of a launch. You do a launch, one person buys, nobody buys, two people buys, whatever you think is the failure. You could tell yourself, oh my goodness, I'm so crap. No one wants to buy this. Why did I ever even think that I would put something like this out there? Maybe I should just give up my business and go and get a day job, whatever all those things are, all that crud that we can tell ourselves, right? When you do that, you're setting yourself up for an even harder time next time you want to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Because the next time something rolls around that you get that instinctive pull to do something, to release something, that desire to help people in that particular way, oh, there comes that conditioning that you're installing in yourself by beating yourself up every time. But oh, if I do this, if I go for this and it doesn't pan out, I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to feel crap. I'm going to feel awful. It's going to feel like more evidence that I shouldn't be doing this or I'm never going to be successful. 
maybe I won't do it. Do you see? Do you see how important it is not to beat yourself up about these things and to embrace failure and see it as necessary and to take away this emotion from it? Let's look at a really quick example. If your business bestie came to you and said, hey, guess what? I just tried to launch this product and no one bought it. What would you say to her? (laughs) Would you say to her, oh my God, I can't believe you're such a failure. What a loser. Why did you even think anyone would buy that? I can't believe you even did that. I think you should probably just close down your business and go and work in McDonald's or something. No, of course you wouldn't say that to her. You would give her a hug and you would say, hey, well, let's just look at this logically together and see what we can learn from it. How many emails did you send out to your audience? What kind of marketing did you do? What kind of market research did you have? You would be asking questions because you are interested and because you're not attached to the emotion of the thing. And so you'd be looking to help her find the lessons from the circumstances that she can apply and get back out there, get that product back out there and try again, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be beating her up and making her feel terrible. So why do you do it to yourself? Why? (laughs) And so that's what I want you to think. The next time something comes up in your business or life that feels like a quote unquote failure, I want you to remind yourself that you are your own best friend and that when you can be kind to yourself and not allow yourself to go down that, oh no, this means X about me path, then you have the opportunity to look at what the situation is and how you can learn. Because let's be clear here. Labeling yourself as a failure prevents you from learning and taking action. And labeling things and events and circumstances as failures is not what your business needs. So using that word failure, I know this is kind of slightly confusing episode, like I said at the start in that I'm saying that failure is necessary, but don't use the word failure, don't label things as failure. I'm hoping that you get my gist here. (laughs) But when you label them with that word failure, which feels so emotive to you, it's not helping you because it's masking things. It's like it's blinding you to the reality of what happened because in that moment, you put that big fat label of failure across it all and you can't see what did go well. You can't see what the wins were, what you can do more of the same next time. And you can't see what the lessons are. You've got that failure label blocking it all out. You essentially put failure goggles on and all you see is failure. And guess what? When you do, you start collecting more evidence of the same, more evidence of how you're quote unquote failing because that's how the law of attraction works. So This is why labeling yourself as failure is not what you need. It simply never serves you. Now, you can say, okay, this didn't go well, or I sucked at this, or whatever the thing may be, or that sales page is not converting. But when you remove that label of failure, because it has so much emotion behind it to us, when you can actually just remove it and go, okay, things are supposed to go wrong. Things aren't always going to go right and 100% perfectly, there's a lesson here for me, then you can detach yourself from that failure label and emotion that comes with it and show up for your business in the way your business needs you to, which is as the curious observer. So getting curious about, hmm, what's going on here? What's happening? What can I learn from this? What might I do differently next time? And guess what? When you do that, you open yourself up to intuition and 
guidance on the next steps. Next, let's talk about how to embrace failure, as we're calling it, for faster success. So first of all, need to just get rid of this label failure. I know we're using it here, uh, but you just need to stop using it. Stop telling yourself you're a failure. Stop telling yourself your challenge was a failure. Your launch was a failure. Your email sequence is a failure. You're failing at converting. Whatever the thing is, that word triggers so much inside of us that it's not helpful. And so just remove it from your lexicon, remove it from your reality and start noticing whenever it pops up as a word and reframe it. Say, what is working here? What what could I learn here? And in doing so, you start to change your language and change your inner dialogue. So you notice it and reframe it. And when you can do that over time, this story around the fact that you are failing or things will never work out, or this is just more evidence that proves that you're failing will go away and you'll replace it with something more empowering, which that, which is, this is an opportunity for me to learn. There's something for me to learn here. And so along with that, bring in this idea of curiosity. I am an endlessly curious person, which is probably why I enjoy my business and working with my clients and mindset work and all of this so much is because I'm fascinated by things and I want to learn more about them. So when you can bring curiosity instead of blame and feelings of failure and shame to things, then it will serve you so much better. So when you can show up like, hmm, what happened here? Let's dig in here. Let's look under the hood or bonnet, depending where you are in the world, and have a poke around and see what's happening. This is fascinating. If you could see a quote-unquote failed, I don't know, product launch, course launch, failed thing, whatever the thing is you put out there, if you felt like instead of seeing it as a failure, if you could see it as like fascinating, I really thought that was going to work. I guess there's something here that I missed. I guess there's a real opportunity here. Then it serves you so much better because you get to learn, show up, do it better next time. See what happens then. Take the next lessons, learn, show up and do it better still. I was reading a really interesting blog post by, I think it was Denise Duffield Thomas recently. She talked about she's been launching um, products and courses for years and some of them look like and you could label them as failures but she kept showing up she kept being curious about huh why didn't that work what can I learn here showing up doing again refining her process again and again until she got really great at it guess what she's like a multi-millionaire now that didn't happen with one thing overnight everything happening smoothly all things lining up And when we remove this idea of failure and we start to catch and reframe that in a dialogue, things feel easier. So this isn't about, when I'm using the word, you know, failure here, when things go quote unquote wrong or not as we would expect, it's not about, there's not a story here that things have to be hard before they can be easy or things must be, success must be hard won. Don't misunderstand me here. I'm just saying that we can't expect things to be just 100% plain sailing. And when I talk about my life being easy and full of ease, it is, and it's wonderful and I love it. That doesn't mean everything goes well, but the reason it feels easy is because when things don't go according to plan or as I would hope or expect them to, I don't take it personally. I don't make a big deal about it. I don't beat myself up because I made a promise to myself to be my own best friend. I simply learn from it and move on. So I don't give it that same significance. So it doesn't feel hard. Does that make sense? Um, And the other thing that you can do to really help you in embracing 
failure for faster success is detaching from the results which is very much what I was talking about in the episode on don't sweat the numbers. So if you didn't listen to that one, go back and listen to that one because that will really help you here. If you can see anything that you do in your business, anything as any results, any circumstances, any things that happen in your business as feedback (laughs) and simply see it as data and feedback and not attached to it so personally. And I know that's hard because I know often your income is riding on the very thing. But if you can just see it as feedback, then you can show up as this curious person and learn from it. The other thing is we all need to be really willing to suck at things that are new to us. And that's okay. Like the first time I did a live stream, it was not the best live stream I ever did. The first podcast episode that I ever recorded sucked massively and I just threw it away and started again, (laughs) decided what I could learn from it. Either my point is we don't have to be amazing at everything straight away. It's okay to suck and it's okay to suck and then learn and then move on. Okay. And so make improvement your aim not perfection. If we could all just do that, things would feel so much better and we would have less cause to beat ourselves up, right? So if you can just make your aim improvement and not perfection, that will serve you too. And like I've been banging on about, but I'm going to mention it one more time, be your own best friend. Anytime you catch that inner dialogue, that inner critic going at you, wagging its finger at you, catch it. That's not your inner best friend talking to you. Go and dig around inside and find her instead. If it helps, think about what you would say to your actual real life best friend if this was her situation. Even write it as a letter to her because sometimes it can really help you reframe it and see how hard you're being on yourself and how that is a complete waste of time and energy. And oh, I'm going to call you out on this one as well, right? Now that I've shone shone a light on this, shined a light, now that we've been shining (laughs) a light on this, now that maybe this isn't something that you were aware of before, maybe it was. Either way, now that you're aware that it will really serve you to be your own best friend and that beating yourself up about things, labeling yourself as a failure and using that failure label to mask what's going on and to not learn. Now that you know all of that, it's a choice going forward. Oh, I said it. Isn't that a bit provoking? (laughs) It is. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to change our inner dialogue at the drop of a hat. Sometimes we can. Sometimes we can just make that full body decision. Done. Not thinking like that anymore. Sometimes it takes work and repetition. We have to catch it reframe, catch it, reframe, catch it, reframe. But anytime you indulge, oh yeah, I'm using that word. (laughs) Anytime you indulge in beating yourself up about something, calling yourself a failure, labeling the thing that you just did as a massive failure and wanting to throw your hands up in the air and just quit or use this as evidence of why you're crap or whatever the thing is, that's a choice, my love. You don't have to think those thoughts. You don't have to feel that way. Now, okay, you can have your disappointment. Sure, we can all have a little pity party when things don't go swimmingly. That's okay. It's okay to have a human response to things, but limit it and then show up the next day or whenever with that, right, 
I'm the curious observer now. Right, I'm going to be my own best friend today. Indulging in that thinking is just that, an indulgence. And it's not necessary. You get to choose the thoughts that you think and you get to shape them over time and be intentional with them. You get to be your own best friend and choose to be your own best friend. You get to choose to see these things that you've been previously labeling as failures as necessary and just part of the path to your inevitable success. You get to choose to believe that you're limitless, right? So when you do this, you get to examine, learn from it and decide how you're going to show up and try again. You don't have to have the emotional roller coaster that you've been on maybe previously because you know and understand it's just part of the path of where you're going. Okay, it's time for today's dash of woo. If you're new around these parts, you're like, what on earth is a dash of woo? (laughs) It's a short, practical manifestation or mindset tip designed to take what we've been talking about today and give it that extra oomph as you implement it in your life and business. So today's dash of woo is all about nurturing this sense of self-love. Why? Well, because that's what's really going on here when you tell yourself that you're failing and you're not being kind to yourself and you aren't being your own best friend, it's that you're not giving yourself that love from within. Here's what I would love you to do. I'd love you to get out a pen and paper and write a letter to yourself. And for bonus points, you could set the scene with some beautiful scented candles or some rose oil in your diffuser or some rose quartz crystals nearby or some beautiful music or all of the above. Anything that helps you to nurture that love energy. And on a piece of paper, I want you to write, dear me, I love you. Here are all the things I love about you and I'm grateful for. And do not stop filling that in, listing those things until you have at least 20 things at the very bare minimum. But hey, if you're on a roll, keep going. These could be things that you've done that you're proud of, things that you like about yourself, ways that you've showed up that you're proud of, anything that you like about you, get clear on it. The point is The point here is to love on yourself. When was the last time that you did that? And when you can be nurturing yourself in that way, showing yourself that inner love and validation from within, it will make you so much more resilient for these quote unquote failures that necessarily come along with this path to success. And the more you nurture that inner love, the more you will quiet the inner critic. Love trumps fear every single time. So the more that you can cultivate that practice of loving yourself from within, and I know that might not be the easiest thing to do, but just start with this letter and maybe start doing it regularly if it's something that feels good to you, the more you will quiet that inner critic and override that fear with love. Amazing. Speaking of love, if you love today's show, can you do me a massive favor? Would you head over to iTunes and leave me a review or would you take a screenshot of your phone right now as you're listening and post it to your Instagram stories? Tag me at Corrie Javid. My team and I put a ton of love and energy into this show to bring you this free content twice a week, every week, and it makes our day when you let us know that you're loving it. So we would love to hear from you. And if you want more information about today's show, head over to the show notes you can find in your podcast player or go to corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash failure is necessary. 
Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.